Yo, yo, what's up, everyone, for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast, reporting to you on late Thursday night, post-shitty booty-ass game of Steelers football, averaging about 14 points a game. Um, That was boring to watch, but just more motivation for us to come out and show them what great offense looks like. Drake, how you doing, bro? Money green, grass green, P gonna get that green. That's how I'm starting off the episode today, because what we saw last week, man, with these 49ers or with these 49ers, with the 49ers game, the linebackers are just amazing. And we got these guys for, you know, past 30. So looks like they're going to be Bengals for life. Um, and just just ball hawks. I mean, the amount of turnovers forced, I can't wait to see that in this week's game. So, um, yeah, I, I'm fucking hyped, bro. We got the Bills on Sunday night football a really anticipated match, right? Start the day off in Germany with the Chiefs and Dolphins. You end the night with the... Oh, my God, I didn't think of that. Yes. That's so lit. Ooh. So lit. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Um, And I did want to backtrack a bit. Obviously, you're kind of, you know, thrusting yourself into the fun conversation of the weekend. But Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, pulled the stat up today on how many linebackers have had 11 interceptions in their first 47 games all time. Because a lot of people forget they're only counting regular season for 10 picks. He had a pick. So there is one other player in 19, in the 1950s, Dick Sinek. Sorry, Don Sinek. <laughs> Dick, what is called Dick. Because everybody was named Dick back in the day. It was cool. You know, it wasn't funny, you know, even though I cook him now. Um, so Logan Wilson is one interception behind Dick Sim, 1959 Colts linebacker. Now, I think from 1956 and 1959, Logan has three games to tie that record or potentially break it if he can manage to get another pick or two in these next three games. Crazy. It's- Insane, because Logan should have had two picks last week. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where it's like, damn, like these dudes are legit. And I'm pretty sure to to pair with your stat, since coming into the league, actually this is a fact and this is a stat, since coming into the league, Logan Wilson has the most interceptions in the NFL from the linebacker position. Not to mention – him and Jermaine Pratt combined have the most interceptions for a tandem in the NFL since they came in. Jermaine Pratt is second in the NFL at linebacker. Or I could be wrong. No, no, no. He's second this year. He's second this year. But in Logan first? Logan amongst linebackers? Yeah, he is. <laughs> so he's first in Jermaine's second. Yeah, tied second, yeah. Wow, bro. Uh, He has two, right? Yep. I mean, dude, they have eight. They have 19. Wait, Jermaine had the pick in the playoffs. Oh, my God, he had the pick in the Raiders game. Did he have one? Did he have one in this last run? No, not the Bills game. Uh, What was our first playoff game? Uh, Oh, right. That was was, uh, Akeem. Jermaine was out. Right? Dude. I thought Jermaine helped pop the ball out. 
That's right. But he didn't get a pick, bro. They have 20 picks Insane. in three seasons. That is two and a half seasons. That is bonkers. Absurd. Fucking linebackers, guys. 20 picks. I, dude, that, we, I got to make that post. This isn't, this isn't fucking Trayvon Diggs. This is linebackers. <laughs> it, I'm almost speechless, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, how many times they've had their hands on footballs and we yeah. talked about it on here, bro. It was it was a touching subject this offseason when we were talking about re-signing guys. And I think that it was going for the Bengals, it was going to be really hard. It, it's not to say Tremaine is an elite linebacker, top two linebacker in the NFL. No, but I would say he is probably top two or top one, him and Logan. You know, they've shown it with their with their ability to force turnovers, but it would have been so hard, bro. People think it would have been easy just to draft a linebacker, right? You know, save the money, let Jermaine yeah. walk. We're not going to be able to afford him. But it would have been so hard to replace that clutch gene where it, it takes that one play in the fourth quarter that can change the whole outcome of the game. And that's what Logan and Jermaine are, bro. They are fucking clutch. Yeah. It, I mean, you know what? I think that's kind of a good segue to talk about what we did pre-episode. Um, with the clutch gene of this team and to segue with what we can predict for the future and what this team is now. Because... Obviously, I mean, I think this was Joe Burrow's best game he's ever had. I really do. With the circumstances, dude, this was the number one ranked defense in football. You want to know why I agree with you? You want to know why I agree with you? And I think this was Joe Burrow's best game, even though there's the 500 game, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that. But it was seeing the Bengals come out. Right out of the gate, right? We saw it against Seattle and, you know, didn't do anything after that. But it was the coming out right away and just fucking showing the world. Like, this is who we've been. This is who we are. And the fire just continued all game. I think that was one of the first games. And it's surprising, right, when you're talking about a team that has went to the AFC championship back-to-back years and went to a Super Bowl. But it was like the most complete game I feel like I've seen since Joe Burrow has joined the team just because they were firing all four quarters. The defense was locked in all four quarters. And even though Joe didn't have 500 yards passing, he was a game manager. Like he is a game manager god. And – I'm pretty sure, right? He he should have been 30 of 32 completion-wise in that game, which would have been even crazier when you're talking about that. I think I agree with you, bro. Because, like, do you agree with me? Like, when did we – we were always really a second-half team. And it was always the talk that, bro, if this team plays all four quarters mm-hmm. like they should, this team's unfucking stoppable Yep, truly unstoppable. No, you're exactly right, bro. I mean, 
we all know, you know, what that Ravens game was. There was a ton of crippling insufficiencies in that secondary that we faced in the Ravens game. Still incredible. It was still otherworldly. Like, because, you know, I always like to add the context, and we talk about it all the time, bro, not shine enough light on. The Ravens nearly beat. I get get it, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Aaron Rodgers the week before and fucking Matthew Stafford the week after. They lost by three combined points to those teams. The, fu- the week before and the week after us in fucking week 17. So people acting like that, that didn't mean shit because they were DoorDash workers, whoever the fuck they were, those players. Bro, they nearly competed against some of the top-tier quarterbacks in the league that year. You know what I'm saying? So that's irrelevant as fuck. And the uh, Chiefs game, 466, 446, which was an absolutely incredible game by Joe. He was 30 of 39, 446 yards, four touchdowns, uh, zero picks, but we were down 14 nothing because we started slow. And then we picked it up. And then Jamar was absolutely insane too. But this game, Joe, oh, what, Joe facilitated everything. This was truly a game. While, look, we're, we're obviously nitpicking here, guys. Like, But because of the greatness of Jamar, the greatness of all of our players around him, they also create amazing plays after Joe creates the play to get them the football. Yeah. Prime example, Ravens game, 82-yard touchdown, 201 first Jamar game against the Ravens. Jamar creates that amazing play. Like, that's real, and that's fine. Well, okay, thank you. I have two perennial all-pro future Hall of Fame players. Thanks. Yeah, that's what they do. But not that Jamar wasn't incredible this game, but Joe created everything for him. In every die, Joe made all of these plays. Joe facilitated everything. He dragged, I don't even want to say dragged. He carried these guys and say, like, I have everything to prove, bro. And like you said, if Drew Sample doesn't have two left feet, he catches that pass. <laughs> you know, if Jamar, people forget, remember that um that what they thought was a fumble on third and seven on the slant route? The Jamar, that was counted as a drop. It was a beautiful, perfect fucking pass. Exactly. Bro, I don't know how many players have done it in NFL history, but it has to be very few for over 30 attempts to have a 0.0 off-target percentage in a game. I get it. Second drive, there was a suspect pass. It was, if you want to be technical, like, real quickly, technically, defenses can... Defenders can make phenomenal plays on passes, too. The pass was completely on target to Jamar. A defender just made an incredible play to break at a perfect time. Yeah. Out of his his zone. So to get technical, that's why I wanted to say a lot of people are like, well, he did throw every perfect pass. Well, it was a good pass. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes guys just make better plays. Like, that was a beautiful ball. It was stolen by a great player because he made a great play. That's what did this game, bro. Anyway. Trying to say that, right? It's like you you're you're pointing out one pass. One pass out of 32 against the best in football. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Perennial Super Bowl contender. Like, I'm fucking sorry. He threw one off to bro. I've had oh. people give me weird pushback about that. Right. He threw one bad pass on the second drive. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. You know, you know who needs to be thanking us. What's up? You know who needs to be thanking us right now? Who? 49ers fans. Because I'm telling you right now, 
if Joe Burrow didn't do that, somehow, you know, the 49ers managed to win, I doubt they trade for Chase Young. I I really think Joe Burrow made the 49ers trade for Chase Young. I mean, shit, you know what's funny? Uh, we remember last year, a lot of people forget, Steve Wilkes was the D.C. for the Panthers. He was fired after Joe Mixon literally ruined his tenure with the Panthers. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of talk this weekend. A lot. Early this week, is Steve Wilkes a guy? I'm like, no way, we're going to get this dude fired again. A second year, how, like, you talk about having a dude's number. I mean, still, Steve Wilkes is going to be calling for the best advice on the planet next time he sees us, bro. And here's the best part. <laughs> when may when may we see him again? The Super Bowl. So we'll see. Because let me tell you something right now, bro. Joe Burrow's top five games of all time. I think largely we could agree on this, but here's the best part. There's some other games that we won't be able to fit in there. In my opinion, Joe Burrow's top five games of all time. Not okay, but just the teams, games. Uh, both 49ers games, 21-23. to uh, Chiefs game, first Chiefs matchup, 446. Jamar's 266. Uh, week 14 last year against the Chiefs. He was perfect. Amazing. And I like to say the Bills playoff game was a great game or the Ravens. What are the Chiefs, 49ers, Ravens, slash Bills to you? Are those bad teams? All top teams. Top tier perennial contenders. What did you say last week, bro? Joe shows the fuck up. In the biggest of moments. It's crazy, bro, because it's like this dude, this dude hates 1 p.m. games. Like, fuck him. Move us to Western time. <laughs> because this man, like, he, bro, just, he, he shows up, bro, in the biggest of moments. It, it's like that he thrives off that. It's like that's what he loves, right, is, is to be in the biggest moment. I think he prides himself on that. You know, with his preparation and stuff like that, people think he's just this cocky motherfucker. No, he just knows something that you guys don't. Like, he, he's been putting in the work. And I, I think I I agree with you. I think that was probably his top five games. I think uh, an honorable mention would be, you know, that Packers game, which was a fucking crazy game. I mean, that was just insane. But... Yeah, those five games, those are those are consensus, and I think the Titans playoffs, or even crazier, the first Titans game in twenty twenty. Remember, like, like there's there's so many honorable mentions, bro. That great teams, every single one of them, bro. That's what's crazy, and bro, you just really shook me right there with you saying how he hates one p.m. games because I hate to bring it up. Think of all of his worst games, almost all, unless you. (laughs) A nightmare on Halloween last year, uh, where just of course the weird shit happened again. Zach puts Joe in a horrible situation to decide to drop back 50 times against Miles Garrett. Blah blah. Who would have thought? Run the ball with Joe Mixon eight times for 45 yards. That works. Beyond that, fuck up of a game. All the worst games are at 1 p.m. All of them. Seriously, it's crazy. It's like Joe's like fucking party and her sir can't sleep before the one o'clock games because he, he's, he's a fucking demon it, it's just it's amazing bro like i i felt the the like it's almost like i feel it every year right 
early season, it's just like a little bit of doubt creeping in, like what the fuck is happening right now? But then it's like, I know what these guys are capable of. So doubt's out to, you know, out the question. And then it's like the magic is in the air or something. And it's weird because I felt it in the 49ers game last week because I was just so hyped up after seeing two or three plays. I'm like, bro, this is the same shit that I saw. Because I've been to a lot of the games this year. So like the, I'm trying to think, the 49ers and then Arizona. Those were like the two games that I watched on TV. So it just looked like Arizona again. I was like, bro, we are, we're fucking lit. And then I see Joe Mixon just on speed going, going crazy, bro. (laughs) It's honestly insane, bro. And, you know, we talk about, we talk about that trade deadline, right? And jokes to the, the Chase Young thing. Bengals didn't make any moves. And I wasn't surprised. I'm sure you weren't surprised by this because when your team comes out, right? And I get it. You saw you saw a good amount of teams move for a player. But at the same time, this is a team that's been in back-to-back AFC championship games. They've added on. They've lost, you know, a few pieces. They've added on. That offensive line getting so much credit in the media this week. So, in my opinion, when I look at it, your team just goes to San Fran where a lot of teams come to die. You know, they don't they don't come out of San Fran with a win. Nine no. times. So the Bengals come in there. Arguably, when you look at the you know the wagering and stuff, upset the 49ers and beat them by over two scores. And I think that that's something that was like, you know, we're confident in our guys. You know, and what is it to make a move right now? Take on cap space. I mean, the the Chase Young thing was like, damn, right? Because it was a a fourth or third rounder. So it was like, damn. But we all know the Bengals do not give up draft capital. You know, teams teams were calling. It's probably funny. You know, you saw it. But teams are calling the Bengals at the trade deadline, you know, just to see uh, the availability of T. Higgins. And I, I think it was Lindsey Patterson or someone else. They tweeted out. They were like, send some straight to voicemail. Uh, it's like, yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that really, that's probably what every single call went um, on both sides, on what they acquired <laughs> with, with other teams or what they heard with T. Higgins. No interest. It, it's just that. You think of the Bengals' philosophy, bro, how much, how precious these draft picks are to them. Right. And, uh, I, you see it right now. Like, not that, you know, A.O. or Charlie or especially Chase Brown are like, you know, gem of players right now and like critical to your success, but you see them legitimately carving out a role with this small but creating something that's what they think of every single pick or they think of the geno atkins potential fourth round pick and 
I completely agree with the majority of fans on top with with the sexy side of, you know, you know what this guy is. You you have money, you know, go dish it out and pay. Let's go all in. Let's blah blah blah. The Bengals, they are so strict with their philosophy, and that is that they prioritize building the team in other ways than acquiring trades. That's why they have been more aggressive in free agency with who they need. The Bengals don't window shop much, yeah. much. Of course, they have on some pretty impressive names, right? Remember, like you brought up, the 2020 DeAndre Hopkins, which is pretty cool. It's like, wow, like we're even doing that. That's pretty neat. Then Aaron Donald this offseason, which was fucking dope. But the Bengals aren't tempted by window shopping, bro, like a lot of these teams. You know, mm-hmm. what's in their wallet. They know what they got. And that's $9. That's fucking draft picks. Nine draft picks, okay? And that's how they see it, bro. It's like, these teams, some teams think they got $9 million, $7 million, a million for each pick. The Bengals take that shit like it's a dollar. Pennies. They're and, very- and the Bengals, you know, like, like I said over and over again, they have confidence in their guys. A lot of people... I said it on Twitter this week. People were kind of commenting with reactions that were funny, but also a little uneducated. Like, what I've seen from Miles Murphy so far this year, I've liked every bit of it. I mean, granted, you, you would want him to go out there and have five sacks already. But in the role that he's in, right, I think he's done everything. He's made plays, bro. And people are sleeping on the fact that that is going to be one of those guys that's a that's a future starter and i think you you move for a guy like chase young it's like why did you even draft miles murphy you know we, we've already seen the flashes of of cam sample and and joseph osai there, there's just no room on that defensive line respectfully and, and to send a a fourth round pick or third round or whatever it was mm-hmm. and then you get a guy who has great upside i get it but has been injury prone in a sense, you know, ha- has just had some un- unlucky, unfortunate um, injuries. But you you look at it from the depth perspective and what, what the Bengals already have there and what they got going. It's like, why would we trade for a guy when we're already completely stacked on that defensive line? And then we risk, as you said, a, a future Geno Atkins or a, Charlie Jones or or a Jermaine Pratt or a Logan Wilson, you know, whether that's a third or fourth, it's like they're not going to take their chances on that because they respect. I think at the end of when, when all this is said and done, right, and all the hate that was gone towards the Bengals early on, which some of it was was rightfully so, but looking back on it, bro, the Bengals will have to be one of the most respected teams ever because they didn't sell their soul to win. They did all this shit. Like you said, go out in the offseason, get the pieces that they want, and they know that'll fit with this system. So you don't have to make trades. So you already have these guys gelled and, and, and ready to go. Don't get me wrong. The Chase Young trade was good. But what we got brewing and what we got on our roster is even better. Yep. I mean, it just 
the culture of this team. Um, I, I really, mm, it is an underrated thing, bro. Like when you have such a strong bond with each guy and yeah. such familiarity, familiar faces, uh, just you know, you, you play your hearts out for each guy next to you beyond just being my teammate. And, and this kind of a pins and needles thing, but we've talked about at nauseum of what this culture is specifically here. Our culture compared to the rest of the league is special. That's why we are who the who the fuck we are and what we've been and done what the fuck we've done and been. Um, uh, who knows how well a Chase Young would have molded into this uh, roster. Also, to add this, here's an interesting thing. Chase Young is on track to give the 49ers a compensate a compensatory pick in 25 because he's likely going to walk next season. He will. They're not going to be able to afford him. It's not happening. Um, well, I don't know, actually, unless if they like, nah, never mind. It's just, it's not happening. So he walks. They get a third. With our rotation here, are we sure he would end up getting that? Getting enough snaps to give you a compensatory pick? Good point. Great like, point. What if he wouldn't even get enough snaps? Like, exactly, bro, because he's already missed two, three, four games this year. So, like, I think he'd have to hit 66% of snaps. I didn't so, even at it from that perspective. Yeah, bro, I think uh, maybe Jake Lisko brought it up on Locked On. I'm like, that's a great fucking point. Yeah, so say if you did give up that third or probably fourth pick, fourth round pick, last second, you eat however much of that contract. The 49ers did get a very fav- favorable amount to eat of that contract very little not much washington ate a lot of it um yeah but then like you just lose it and then you get up a, a rental like like sam hubbard can give you most of what chase young can like what are we doing right like you're not extending chase young if you trade for him especially us we're not just extended trey an extra year we we already got hubbard on contract we just spent a first rounder on Miles Murphy, and then you have a lot of hope and and praise for a guy like Joseph Osai, and, and a guy behind him and Cam Sample comes in and makes plays. So, and, and I, I like the point you brought up too about the the locker room. What 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 with what they have established, right? Signing guys, drafting guys, all these guys are pretty much brothers right now because they they've all been together. You know what I mean? And what would it be like if you trade for a Chase Young, right? A sexy window shop. Let's, you know, let's get Chase Young. Then players, in a way, are looking over their shoulder. Like, you know, could it could it be me? You know, and that puts doubt in the players' minds. Even if it is a little move like that, that where it's like it's hype that, you know, we get a guy like that. But the cam samples, the, the guys that are back – in that back end, but still coming to make plays, it yeah. would be a, a complete confidence killer. That, that's exactly it, bro. And, and then what's the negative comp, you know, compounding effect of that? And and I get it. One side could be, well, does it have a ton of merit to it? Let me tell you something about that. What is Irv Smith to us right now? Is that a guy that lacks complete ability to create space as a tight end because he's slow as fuck or he's horrible? No. Bro, we've talked about it. Irv Smith is not a horrible player. His confidence is completely fucking shot. 
That's what happens if you stir up the pot like that. You risk throwing these guys into extremely uncomforting situations to where their confidence takes a boost, takes you know a dip. John Ross is a prime example of it. It's not that the talent is a complete discrepancy, you know, versus their production. It is the confidence on what they can create with it. And you risk that when you do add a new guy abruptly. And when you have a full room, we already can't we can't fit J2 failure on this roster. So we're loaded. It would be different. Like the Niners do not have a legit number two rusher. They like what they've gotten from Jake Drake Jackson at times. They like uh the fucking two games they've seen of Randy Gregory played 15, 25 snaps. They don't have a other side rusher to be a legit edge rusher too to add the with Nick Bosa. We do. Yeah. We have that. We're not Sam Hubbard isn't a 25 snap guy game. He's a perennial quality fucking edge rusher. He is the best run stopping edge in football with Max Crosby. Once. And, you, and you know when they got Sam Hubbard? The third round. Eight. So like that pick that you would give up for Chase Young, they in their minds, it's like, okay, we could have had a Sam Hubbard. So makes a lot of sense that Bengals didn't didn't move for anyone. I thought the interesting one though, if we did have to look at a position, was possibly running back until we saw what it was in this 49ers game. And I think that the returning abilities of Travion Williams, right? That was in the 49ers game. And then dude just came out and I mean he had a good run, didn't he? He did. He did. So, like, I I like what we got back there. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, like, okay, maybe the Bengals would think about moving for a running back, but the philosophy we just talked about, it's about keeping that locker room at an all-time high. And what they've built up to this point, what, what, what even is the point of trading for a guy? You know, when this is a perennial contending team that's trying to win a Super Bowl. They they've added the guys, right? Orlando Brown playing fucking great right now. You know, th- these guys that they've added to the team and I think that they're set, bro. There was no reason to trade for anyone. They are exactly, bro. And and even more specifically, they are completely set. Like there is a difference why the Bengals are Probably the best team, the best built team in football, a balance of homegrown, not sacrificing, you know, their roster, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I mean, they are. The Bengals are in the best situation of any football team in the league. They are in a better situation than the fucking uh, 49ers. Yes, even with the Brock Purdy on on that cheap-ass deal. They are. And the Eagles, because the Eagles have sacrificed themselves monetarily in some spots as well. Okay, the three biggest blemishes on this team is a tight end one that can give you any resemblance of a threat on the field. A running back two to ad-lib and spell mixing and literally nothing else. Okay, a suspect Nick Scott. Right. The answers to all those things. What have we talked about at nauseum that is so easy to forget as fans because we dissect everything? I'm just as guilty as anybody else. What the fuck did we say about Nick Scott all along for this season? We 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 project him 
to take the Von Bell developmental curve time. What was Von Bell's developmental curve time? About 10 to 14 games. What, when did Von Bell really exemplify himself in this system and as a leader and trustworthy back-end guy on this defense? The fucking juju hit. Exactly. That's what I was going to say, the Steelers game. So, I mean, that's a great point, too. I forget who brought that up. It might have been in this. I think, yeah, I think it was in the spaces. So, that that's an interesting way to look at it. And I thought you were actually going to say what you had projected. Because I remember you said before the season started, you said around weeks 8 to 10, yep. those safeties are going to start meshing. Yeah. Exactly, bro. So like, so to answer with the questions, because these are the three biggest questions, Nick Scott tied in a running back too. Right. Nick Scott has gotten better. Like he has not been trash. Like people act like he's been garbage, bro. We got a top five fucking defense in football, bro. It would be different if Nick Scott was getting burned like every week. Fucking touchdown. Seriously. Has he given up a touchdown? Like, I don't even know if he has. Let's see. Like, bro, like, he has not been a big problem. So, overall, that's our answer. Nick Scott is on that developmental curve for, that's my money, right? You know, that's my opinion. And we expect it to get better. He fits the profile of almost everything we thought he'd be. Seriously. Like, there's not a single thing to where I say I'm genuinely disappointed in Nick Scott because I never expected this. Nothing for me. I ain't even dollar safety. I ain't gonna lie though. I think Bruce trying to copy Jamal Adams drip heavy, cause like the thirty three and then the armbands and shit. It's all the same. It's armbands though. It's sleeves. I mean, I don't know how much more they could wear. I mean, I feel like a lot of safeties wear arm sleeves and armbands. Shit, everybody does. But... Bro, I'm gonna send you a side by side after the podcast. You be, <laughs> but listen, hey, I don't mind. Nick Scott's only given up one touchdown this year. Okay. And yeah. I, I'm actually I'm actually gonna go to Von Bell's real quick. Yeah. And I'm yeah. Compare Hello. his first seven games last week. Cause I feel like Von might have low key given up more than a touchdown last year. Bro, he gave up two, I think. Um no, you, you mean twenty twenty? No, last year. I'm gonna see last year. Oh, oh, I mean, well, Von Bell was far better than Nick Scott last year. Vaughn had seven turnovers last year. Vaughn only had one touchdown given up all year. That's insane. He was amazing last year, bro. That that makes it it a little different. Bro, Vaughn literally put up like almost all pro numbers last year. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Bro, he had four picks, two fumbles, two forced fumbles and a fumble recovery. Like, he was insane. I didn't even... Oh, yeah, right. Bro, look up 2020. Yeah, I'm on here. Right. So for the first seven weeks, he gave up three touchdowns. And then in week eight or week 10 against, whoa, whoa. Browns. No, Pittsburgh. He gave up three touchdowns against Pittsburgh. Wait, was our, was our, was that Von Bell hit week 15, right? Uh, oh, that was the horrible Sunday night game or Monday night. We lost 36 to 10. Ugh. Oh, that was a horrible game, bro. No, that was not. That was not the game. That was the viewers <laughs> got us in Pittsburgh. Oh, gosh. Well, damn. So, week 10, you said, right? 
So from weeks one to ten, he gave up six touchdowns, including the three in that game. But weeks for the first seven games, he gave up three touchdowns. So right now, I mean, let me see if I can somehow adjust the yards because that that's interesting too, really. Yeah, I mean, look, we surpassingly better personnel now, but yeah, bro, it was suspect. You know, it was like we got a guy that's suspecting coverage. He's adapting back here. So, um, he gave up a hundred, a hundred yards at three. No, no, no. Like in in a game early on in in Vaughn's first few games, he gave up a hundred yards on a game. Nick Scott's most yards he's given up this year is forty-seven. So I mean, like, honestly, for a guy that you know has seen three hundred and seventy-nine total snaps, he's given up two twenty-one divided by seven, like thirty. Yeah, thirty-two yards a game. I yeah. mean, one. Like, see that—that's fine, you know. So, getting back to my main point. That solves the problem. Oh, just to exemplify it even more on how this is such a good team. What is Jordan Battle? So uh, everybody's excited for Jordan Battle. He can't even get on the field yet. Okay, that's our answer for safety. Backup running back. Absolutely. Because we talked about it, you know, full season of Joe Mixon, question marks, year seven, abs- looked fucking insanely amazing on Sunday. But who's going to be that? Bro, Chase Brown is going to have to be that guy. Why is he going to be that guy? Because he has explosion ability. Travion has no explosive breakaway speed for real. Like he's a four, like four five guy. Like he got great fresh speed though. You know, like coming in for a play or something. But I, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. We we need the dude to run away from guys. Travion doesn't do that. That's why Travion has never been able to score a kick return. Travion not vision though. Bro, insane, insanely good vision. Like, he is so, he is such a good fucking returner, Travion, with the etiquette and just seeing the gap to hit. Doesn't it always seem like he has the potential to break on? Yeah. But why doesn't he do it? That's the opinion, like, that's the irony of everything. Then Chris Evans, everything there. Talent wise, yeah, you got it. Chase Brown. He's the only fucking dude that runs a low 4-2 or 4-3. Sorry, 4-2. God damn, he couldn't stay off the field. You have to put him out there. Once he gets off IR, he will. There's your answer. Then tight end. I mean, I think Tanner Hudson can give you three catches every game. That's all you need. Like, I don't give a fuck. We're, I, I was running this point home today because, like, we started diving in the fucking rabbit hole again. Look, bro. Here's what they've shown time again, all that they want. They need to create respectability in the middle of the field beyond their wide receivers in the pass game. That's it. Do you think they need to throw Drew Sample or Irv Smith on a five wide out at the X or Z? No. They're not fucking scared. <laughs> bro, whoa, whoa, no, that, that's not even the main point. We have Jamar Chase. We have right. teammates. Like, people act like that they have to go out wide, like Irv Smith has to go out wide and win a route. Bro, I'd put Joe Mixon out there. I hate that shit. Touchdowns like Charlie Jones, like Joe Mixon, Trent Irwin. Bro, they've been doing that still. Not to the maximum. I don't know if if I'm meaning what you're saying too. But like I I see certain plays where like 
and it early on it was happening a lot right because i i complained to you about it it was like drew samples on the fucking outside that's where jamar chase should be like that's literally cool. drew sample at the x bro it's <laughs> like what the fuck are we doing like is that not funny like drew- well, it, it is silly it's silly more than anything but it is intentional um it's not random and also it's intentional because you do you when they do that, they try to confuse the defense more than having a tendency to throw Drew out wide. It's not <laughs> one on one out wide. No one ever <laughs> see that. It will not happen. Like, but I, I do think a guy like Tanner Hudson, as you just said, I, I think he can open up the middle of the field because he he is a in my opinion, out of the three, and I had a lot of courage for O or <laughs> for Irv, right? You know, when, when he was coming in, because I felt like the upside, right? He's 24, he's a young guy. And, and we're still, we talked about, we're still working through that. We're still working through the growing pains of that. And I think we will get, you know, get get something there. But I think with Tanner Hudson, bro, he, he offers you the ability to literally just run a deep, like deep, deep slant across the middle, bro. And if Joe Burrow's got to go there for 20 yards, boom. I feel like he gives you that. Honestly, out of all the tight ends, I think he gives you the most reliability across the middle. Yeah, that, the end. That's it. Like, uh, they, that's all that they need. And I think, um, um, I think Irv, he could very well be cut when Charlie Jones gets back on the active 53. Like, what oh. if, do you think that, okay, and that that's something we need to talk about. Mr. Tanner Hudson, if you guys did not see, he was elevated to the 53-man roster. So. Signed to the 53. Signed, that's what I meant. I don't know why I said elevated, signed. So I want to ask you, is that like a, a big thing, you think? Like, that they, they actually signed him? To the roster, like an elevation, because what if what if we are talking about right, reliable guy across the middle that can open open up the field a little bit? It's not like this guy is going to be crazy great. But what what if you know by the end of the season we're talking about re-sign Tanner Hudson? Question mark. You know that's it's not out of the question in my opinion. Oh, it's not. It's not. But of course, next season. This is very far away. The suggested part is that he's an unequivocal tight end two or three. Um, definitely not the one, but he, he could. I mean, he could. You know what I mean? You, ne- you never could. know. But it could be one of those things where the coaching staff, you know, it, it's like they like him, but they don't like him enough. Well, he's slow. He is slower. And Drew Sample's slow. He's faster than Drew Sample. I'll say that. Like, certainly. But how does he, I mean, with some of the plays that he makes, right? And I know there was that one, was it a blocking rep that you were pissed off about that he did or something? Rip, like dipshit on third and three. <laughs> so, so it's like plays like that, it's like, damn. But like, I guess when you see the big plays, it just stands out more than anything. And maybe it's the, the bad reps that stand out more than the one big play. Yeah. No, I mean, fortunately for me, that's not my outlook um, either. You know, it's like he he's definitely made a few big plays. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll add this, bro. A big question. 
Is Mitch Wilcox signed to the active 53? I was about to ask you something similar. I was going to say, you know, like Mitch has also taken hits across the middle, show, you know, showing you that he can he can catch. So I'm, I'm the thinking, big point, bro, is if he's signed to the 53, that is sign that Irv is gone because Drew Sample's not getting cut. Let's see. Mitch Wilcox is not going to get cut. And you're not carrying four tight ends. I think that's the sign. Like, I just don't think they want to do it yet because Charlie's not here and they might as well keep a body just in case. Irv's likely going to be inactive on Sunday. I'll just say it now. Really? I think that. Especially if we determine, if we can verify right here if mentioned on the 53. I feel like I've seen him. Like, most weeks, I think he is. Bro, he's... He's on the 53 because he's not on the practice squad and he's definitely on the roster because he re-signed. And it says, it says that um, Mitch Wilcox signed to a one-year deal. Wow. Yep. Yep. That's the sign, guys. Like, we're not carrying four tight ends. The Irv Smith experiment is over. Um, and like wait, I said. Wait, I didn't know this. Like, Mitch has three catches for 17 yards this year. Yeah. Stud balling, <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. I I think he caught a couple uh a couple weeks ago, something like that. I think you uh, push that point, man, because I don't think a lot of people are looking at it from that angle. Mm-hmm. They was just signed Tainer to the roster, and I I think that that might be definitely what's happening. I oh. think he might be inactive on Sunday. I mean, I, I think he's gone. Altogether, yeah, like he he's gonna be inactive, and as soon as they can offload him, because it, it's just like it, it's just a bad date, unfortunately. You know, and and what makes it even more unfortunate is that because it's a whole different world if he doesn't fumble that. You know what I mean? So it's like the Bengals, yeah, team, they can't they can't be in a playoff game. And have the worry that Irv Smith's going to fumble the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it. it's just so clear to see that even the bigger underlying problem, what makes this thing persistent, is the confidence within himself. I mean, Paul Daner even said it. I thought that was kind of surprising. So... Maybe Paul Daner knows something because I saw on Twitter, you know, when when he fumbled it, you know, Paul said that looks like the end of Irv Smith. So I think that was interesting. It it is sad because you know, like I say again, you know, it, none of us wanted this. We were all really excited for what you know one year of Irv could look like. We got him on the great deal. He was the last guy, literally the last fucking dude that was a viable tight end one that could like. Operate as a tight end one on the free agent market with Foster Moreau dipping for the time he had to, and we were excited. Everybody good and like, yeah, bro. Like he was exciting and um early on training camp. Then you know, then he was kind of like lulled out for a bit in training camp. Didn't really hear much, but mini camp, bro. We were like, yo, like this dude's making plays. Blah blah blah. It just not even playing in the preseason like yeah exactly like bona fide tight end one we're ready to go don't want to you know injure him up yeah and then just the sour start man it's just those we talked about it at nauseum bro that ramp up period unless if you are 
the Jamar Chase, you know, that, well, sample size was very, very small preseason. <laughs> but almost any player, dude, that's just how it goes. It's rhythm. They've never got rhythm in <laughs> ways than just the last production. So can I, can I go on the record for saying this? So we're talking about the tight ends tonight. And we're obviously going to get into this Bills game soon. But I just want to put on the record, guys, that me and B-Things, right, before we were on this podcast, we're actually right now inside of the Drew Sample Fiat, okay? And what's so – press it again. See? And and it's crazy because tonight – can I get a clapping? Or can I get cheering? Can I get something? <laughs> so, tonight, guys, Drew Sample, I want to say, had a better game. In his worst game this year, he had a better game than George Pickens in his worst game. George Pickens tonight, two receptions, negative one yards. Drew Sample, just a few weeks ago, one catch, negative one yards. Drew Sample would never be like George Pickens, bro. He would never stoop down to the George Pickens level. George Pickens will never be fucking Drew Sample, bro. Never. They're not built the same, bro. You, you have a game like that, Drew Sample would never have a game like that. That won't happen. Not on his watch, bro. And guess what? Drew Sample's the first fucking NFL player in history to have two left feet. How about that, bitch? Yeah. Yeah, and he's still cooking. I get it. You know, he tripped, you know, on that tight end leak. But it happens, you know. And to, it happens. It's fine. You know, a couple weeks ago, he caught the great three-yard comeback route on the Joe Burrow play where he looked like Cinderella in the pocket for 9.5 seconds. That's the Drew Sample. So, yeah, bro, Drew Sample clears George Pickens, fraud, NFL young boy. Um, Kenny Pickett sucks. Steelers suck. And yeah, Boss has more touchdowns than Zay Flowers. Let's go. And Andre Yosevas, Charlie Jones have as many touchdowns on Jorge Pickens. <laughs> out. We are built the same, bro. <laughs> like I literally told I told a G Spin. I'm like, hey, bro, dude, can I tell you something? He's like, what? Well, I was like. Our wide receiver five has more touchdowns than everyone damn <laughs> on the on the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean Rasheed Rice has three, but outside of him, they have more touchdowns than everybody besides Kelsey. Wait, 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 bro! I just thought of this. <laughs> you about to be so fucking nasty, bro! <laughs> oh my gosh, bro! Uh, I I gotta look this up real quick. The Rio. <laughs> I think Andre Yosevash has more touchdowns than the entire Ravens trio. Remember when, dude, some Ravens fans said that their trio clears ours. Wow. Fucking nasty. Let's. Rashad Bateman is a bona fide bust, bro. I actually didn't even dislike him. Like, I, you know, I was like, okay, maybe he could become something. <laughs> ass. All oh, baby, zero touchdowns. Let's go. I think we're doing it. I, I think we're doing it. Zero touchdowns. Wait, 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 moment of truth. Where is he? Where is Zay? Fucking flower. Oh my god. 
Andre Yosevash has doubled the amount of the Ravens trio's touchdowns this year. Tweet that bitch right now. Oh, we're so fucking cooking. Oh my gosh, bro. That's nasty work. Bro, I can't. Damn it. I I don't. um, I actually deleted Twitter for the night because I've been getting distraction lately. So I'll have to tweet tomorrow. 27, 24. Bro, I know, right? I can't (laughs) exhibit that, dude. Oh, man. That's going to be so funny. Oh, my gosh. Tell your bitch ass, hey. Anybody got bitch ass Ravens fans uh, as friends? Let them know that. Be like, my fuck. You know who Andre Yosevash is? He'd be like, no. You know who Zay Flowers is? Be like, yeah, bro. <laughs> my fucking receiver six has doubled the amount of ball. Trio, bro. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. He is receiver six when Charlie's healthy. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, come on. I mean, this is. We are not the same, bro. All right, all right. Let's try to refrain, though. We we got hype here. It has been about a fucking hour, bro. And we have not dove deep into this Bills game. I hope you guys have been enjoying the show at least a little bit. Um, I know, you know, me and Drake go dipshit mode a lot. I think we were cooking there. Like, Drew Sample better than Jorge. I think that's cooking. Yeah, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, but, all right, bro. Bengals Bills time. Beep, beep. We're staying in the Fiat. We're staying in the Fiat. You know, we're gonna cook in the Fiat, but you know, we gotta keep it hot in the Fiat. Like we're gonna be cooking this heat all night. All right, but now we're gonna steer to the Bengals Bills. Look, bro, massive game, elite quarterbacks. Uh I'd say Josh Allen bona fide top three quarterback. I think I gotta do that. Um three, four, whatever, Joe Burrow top one. So what do you make of this game, bro? Yeah. I think I think this game is going to depend on what it has in what we've said in podcasts consistently now. I think it's going to depend on the bank being able to win that turnover differential. And Josh Allen is a great player, but you pointed out in the space today that hero ball. It's it's great. But it can be like the double sword. It can be your worst enemy. And I think that's what the Bengals have to capitalize on this week, right? Cam Taylor Britt got a pick against Josh Allen in that playoff game. Cam Taylor Britt was on the verge of having three straight picks in three straight games. So I think that's going to be a big thing in this game coming forward. And we'll obviously dive into the X's and O's. But this is, this is a big game now. Right? Steelers pull out the win somehow against the Titans. Will Levis better than Kenny Pickett. But the Steelers are five and three. Bengals have to win this game. Um and you know, coming back on prime time. I really, really hope we can pull off this color wave, bro. This shit would be legendary if at the Buffalo game we can somehow manage to get those stripes in this stadium bro that i'm telling you right now it would blow up over all social media if we can get our crowd like that bro (laughs) no doubt bro i mean what but what about like because i'm an orange section right do i wear orange shorts do i just go like the orange you know it's just the orange 
Bro, imagine someone wearing orange shorts and a black top. They're coming to the orange section. I can go my orange on like bitch. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> and stand when they take the pictures. Like they're at the tailgate. They're like, oh, you're in, you're in the black section. No, yeah. I'm in the orange section. Oh, dude, on site. Like I'm like, you're so fucking stupid. Like you literally ruined all this. Nah, but uh, yeah, bro, like. That that was something I thought about. I'm like, am I gonna have to fucking wear different color shorts? Nah, I'll I'll wear my typical black shorts. But I got a pretty dope um orange Cincinnati long sleeve. Um, don't have an orange jersey though. Kind of bummed about that, but I'm gonna be straight up, man. Like my shoulders are too big for these normal fucking jerseys. Like, cause I'm really just jacked bodybuilder. I'm kidding, nah. But the, these jerseys are kind of small for my shoulders, so I don't really have one that fits me good. So I guess it works. I'm not, you know. Gonna have to wear one anyways. Plus, plus, you got you know you got jacked up because remember you know I don't know if you're a true listener you would know this but B Things actually signed a a contract to the Cleveland Browns later this week he was cut he was cut so he you know the Browns moved on from him uh, in small small little you know handshake like agreement uh, got his money got his bag but now can't fit into the the regular player's shoulder pads, and, you know, you got that Super Bowl patch on. So maybe the Bengals bring you back around, you know, for a Super Bowl run. Oh, you bastard. That's so funny. I'm a, <laughs> you are a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> that is disgusting, bro. <laughs> that, oh, man, that would be horrid. But, uh, yeah, bro, couldn't fit the pads, man. Had to retire. <laughs> big. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> but you just tweet that out. You just really tweet that out. You're like, couldn't fit in the shoulder pads. Hey, y'all lucky I ain't in the league, dog. <laughs> My shoulder's too big. <laughs> nah, that... BK, have it your way. Hey, hey, you here today, bro, in the space? Uh, I guess, like, it, it caught crazy wind. Like, I even left the space for a few minutes afterwards. It came back. They were still geeking over it. Um, BK got p- cooked by pre-K. I was like, BK even getting cooked by pre-Ks. Bro, uh, I heard uh, it. Roland's, yeah, Roland's like little daughter, she made a funny comment to BK. And it was just hilarious. What'd she say? I forget. It it was like, she's like, she sounds like a baby. That's just what right. doing. I think Roland said, say whatever, you know, say blah, blah, blah. And she said it. And it was just hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't remember, but um, nah, man, to, to keep it back, to, to go straight lined with the Bengals Bills again. We got the double edged sword thing with Josh, right? You already elaborated on it with what I was saying earlier. And I was telling Bills fans this clearly because look, bro, like I've actually had a lot of great conversations, a ton of great conversations with Bills fans this week. I just like to put that out there. There's always shitty fans out there, you know, because they're fucking fans. They don't give a fuck about it. I was going to make a tweet today. I was gonna make a tweet today because I I think the the Bills fans deserve a lot of respect, bro, because they're just chill. It's almost like they're like us, you know. They know what they got. They're fair. We're fair. It's just like since that whole Andy Dalton spiel, you know, sending them to the playoffs and then raising all that money for charity. It, it's almost like we really have been best friends, and you know, lately we're just we're competition now, you know. And, and I think it, it's awesome. Bills and Bengals fans. It's, it's still awesome. 
You think so? I have had some more friction with Bills fans, but really? uh, yeah, I mean, but overall, bro, I I don't really, I don't hold much, you know. I mean, at least when I was in Buffalo, right? I was yeah. in Buffalo. I don't know if I told you this funny story, but me and my uncle were outside, and I can say this on the podcast because I was in Buffalo. But you know, we we went to the dispensary, and uh-huh. we we got the dispensary uh, pre rolls, and yeah. we. Or just going outside. We went outside, you know, just smoked for a second. Mm-hmm. And we see a dude, big dude, heavy, heavy set dude, right? Comes out of the house. And we're staying at my grandpa's friend's house, who's a Bills fan. So we're all decked out in Bengals gear. This dude comes outside to put stuff in his car. Looks like, you know, he's going to tailgate. He's probably going to the Bills game. He's decked out, bro. Decked out in Bills gear. We go. Who day? <laughs> oh, damn. From the distance. And he just like, it was like a movie. It was so hilarious because he like turns around all movie, like looks at us. We wave and he just flips us off. <laughs> like, that was such a chill interaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as fuck. Yeah, no, that does sound like a movie for real. Yeah, man. I mean. It's it's definitely been a good experience overall with how friction filled typical fan against fan conversations go, you know, which is hounding and bullshit like that. But we we elaborated on it with Josh Allen's game, with the with his physical superior talent and abilities, over ninety nine percent of players he plays against, it works most of the time when he does choose to create against your will because he fucking wants to. It works, but. Thing I've repeated again and again. You look at the history from 2020 on when he's been for real. First two seasons, it's kind of, you know, developmental curve, whatever. 2020 on, Josh Allen has really been bottled up and constricted and looked bad against these defensive minds. Belichick, Robert Sala, Steve Spagnola, and Luana Romo. Consistently. Every single time he's played him. Not that he hasn't beat him before. He has. Of course he's beat the Patriots. He beat him when it mattered most in the playoffs. He killed him. He's beat the Jets before. But a majority of the time, he looks extremely claustrophobic and uncomfortable. What are the predictable things to that? These defensive minds, and of course, not. you can't just have the mind. you got to have the 11 guys out there to play quality roles. They know how to throw Josh Allen off his timing. And the way we did it last year was that we prioritized even more to send our loopers, Sam and Trey, even further to, uh, down the field, about eight yards deep, to make sure that he did not escape out the backside. So we bottled him up, we whipped around extra deep, and we allowed Trey and BJ to get the interpenetration. So it, did you say loopers? Loopers, <laughs> loopers. Uh, yeah, that did come out pretty bad, but pause. I had yes, that's literally hilarious. Like, I mean, shit. Like, we're gonna fuck him up Sunday night, so I might as well call him loopers. Yeah, bro. I mean, we threw him off his timing, and we, all the weapons to we have more answers against Josh Allen than the Bills' defense has against our offense in general. We have more answers than they have answers for us. 
Like they are missing two all pro players on their defense. Trey White, unfortunate season ending injury again, as he had in 21, another one in 23. Matt Milano, out for the year. Daquan Jones, quality, quality defensive interior presence, out for the year. They are not the same defense right now. Old, but very good, old safeties, two of them. They're combined 64 years old. They're edge one and edge two. Leonard Floyd and Vaughn Miller combined 65 years old. They're they're 34 and 31 years old. And Vaughn Miller has not looked like the same guy. A.J. Epinesa has picked it up off the edge to help Adley with Leonard Floyd early in the year before Vaughn came back. They have been able to get sacks. All right. A lot of it's blitz generated. What do you not do against Joe Burrow? You don't blitz. So it in their corners, bro, are suspect. You know, Kyrie Elam is pretty much non existent. I think they threw him on the IR. They probably just tried to put him somewhere. Rasul Douglas, they traded for him. Oh, they actually signed Linval Joseph too today, which is kind of ironic. He's fucking 50 years old. He's 30. Uh, defensive interior, they signed fucking Leonard Fournette. Like, someone funny reference about him today. They're like, bro, he chugs like a fucking 1970s four-cylinder. He's like, he's just all, dude, he runs so slow. Like, Latavius Murray? Bro, a Bills fan tried to flex to me Latavius fucking Murray, bro. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, dog? This dude's fucking butt cheeks. Like, what are you trying to tell me right now? Like, I mean, I can admit that, um, I'm trying to think, damn, I'm trying to think of who I was about to just say. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> running back? Or yeah. defense? Yeah, James Cook, he, you know, he's a little nice, but. Yeah. yeah, he's picked it up in year two. He's definitely progressed. But we got, we got DJ Reader. Exactly. And he, here's a huge thing from this week, bro. Like, what's really frustrating me is because it's more of a genuine knowledge thing. Because, like, the fandom, and we get we all fall into this, right? Like, and, and I'm aware I definitely do as well. So, I'm not saying I'm, like, above this, you know, as all of us are passionate Bengals fans. But I think a big thing right now with this team is that we're, we're kind of trying to remind people of what we've been. And I think a lot of people, um, whether that's Bengals fans on how they deliver it or fans on how they choose to take it, it's like this sympathy card, like sympathy and empathy, you know, obviously, you know, quick philosophy lesson, you know, sympathy is to actually care. Empathy is to understand. I think people are getting confused, like to think that they should be sympathizing with us. Oh, Joe Burrow's injury, whatever. No, we don't give a fuck if you care. You need to know what it was, though. Like a lot of these fans, bro, like these Bills fans, they act like it does not matter at all that our offensive rankings are so low because of Joe's injury. They act like that. Some of them were talking like our offense is that bad because of the ranking. You know? I, I think that's how a lot of fans still are looking at it, right? It's like, oh, you guys, you guys aren't like that. And it's like, we, we talk about it. If you had to put your life savings on it, that, you know, a team was just not going to come back or, you know what I mean? Not fight at least to come back. You would not, you would not bet on the Bengals for that. And we, we've been able to change this whole narrative. I feel like that, that is fans speaking still. 
because I, I everything I've seen this week, media wise, like national, has all been positive. The Bengals are scary, the scariest team in the NFL. But last week it was, are the Bengals done? Is their season over? They should have lost to Seattle. But now it's the Bengals are the scariest team in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree, bro. And yeah, it's like as you, you know, um, added to that, it pretty much sums up my point. Like the there is a difference people need to understand between us trying to tell you to care versus us, us trying to tell you the truth. Look, fans, look, opposing fans, you know, like I get it if you don't want to accept what it is. But what this is, is that our offense was completely constricted. Because we decided and Joe decided to throw his body on the line out there when he was not ready. And we we fucked around and found out. We are responsible for that. That's why I am genuinely like I'm pissed with the very few things I've ever been upset with Joe and Zach about is why they act like there was nothing wrong. And they put us in the bad situation the first four games. Fine. But if you opposing fan the the 25th ranked offense bro like i'm i'm warning you uh like if that's your expectations that this is what you're getting sunday you're gonna leave disappointed again just like you did in the divisional round so <laughs> you gotta know what this is like we we are warning you guys that hey if if you think that that's what this shit is if you think that this defensive line because i've also heard a lot of Bills fans talk about how weak our defensive interior is. I'm like, you don't get it. You you don't understand, bro. Like, they're in for a rude awakening. That's all it is, bro. I, I think a lot of teams are. I really do. It, it, it's like, why? doubt us once, shame on you. Doubt us twice, shame on you again. You're doubt a fucking it. idiot. Doubt us three times. Now we got to put the blame on you because, like, come on now. Like, this is not a team that at the end of the year, right, we're going to be 25th. Now, we're not we – not, I personally don't – I mean, there's a lot of time, though. So, but maybe at the end of the year, statistically, we're, we're not where we want to, wanted to be, but we're still that fucking team. But yeah. I – I think that a lot can change from now and then. And that that's crazy. If you got to tell, tell Bills fans that, then they are in for a rude awakening. They really are because our team is so fucking back. Like the 49ers just got slaughtered. Like I told you, like I, I'm pretty sure Zach Taylor and Kevin Stefanski met up before this game and he was like, hey, can I, can I, Ask you some advice, man. And Kevin's fancy is like, what's up, bro? Like, you know, like one of those people just constantly beat you in life. What's up, bro? Oh, like, can you teach me how to take a guy out in the woodshed? And and that's exactly what what they did. I mean, I, I think, could you agree? I mean, we talked about that being Joe Burrow's, right? Best play calling game. Was this Zach Taylor's? Best coaching game of his career? It, I still, th- I got to go with 
divisional round last year against the Bills. And it was funny because we were talking about that in the Bills space. And I was, we were having great conversations and I had to bring that up. Yeah. I was like, well, I do think, you know, because like, not to get sidetracked, bro, this fucking Bills fan, bro, was like trying to hound me to act like he was like pressing me or some shit. Like, oh, respectfully, bro, like, who the fuck are you? Like, why are you trying to press me? Like, oh, you're, you're this, bro, like, you literally pulled a McGregor. Like, I think of that meme so much, bro. It's like, he, it's were like, you in there or? Do you know who? Do you know Connor McGregor? You seen that press conference where this random dude who's ass at boxing, he's mm-hmm. just like, he's like, I can take him. I'm the hardest heavy hitting one blah, blah, in the world. And then Conor McGregor like looks back and he's like, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I remember that. Well, I was asking you if you were in the space at that time. No. Because this dude came out of nowhere. And, and I know of the guy. We've talked before, but we've also had really cordial conversations. He was like, he was hounding the fuck out of me. And I was like, bro, what the what are you? back up bro I'm like what are you doing like chill like what the fuck like I, it, it was about Zach and Brian's play calling and we know ad nauseum on what the fuck I've said all along with it and he was acting like I kept saying I wanted Zach Taylor fired I'm like bro you're just lying like shut up like st- nobody nobody besides fans that just don't get it we nobody was ever saying fire Zach Taylor because I've reiterated time and time again like this dude is an amazing leader amongst men. That's the type of head coach that you want. But if you can't get over the play calling inconsistencies, which yeah. has looked better, you know, it, yeah. it it falls on the shoulders of like them downplaying Joe Burrow's injury. And it, it yep. really hurt that entire offense through that process. But bro, we're fu- like, I keep saying we're back. <laughs> Yeah, nah, 100%, bro, and that is because of Zach calling a phenomenal game. I think this was his second best game he's ever called. Okay. Like I said, the the circumstances in the divisional round, bro, I mean, it's a playoff game. Like, the extra pressure, like, we get it. With a October regular season game, it almost could not get bigger than what it was. It's rare to get bigger than the 49ers situation. So utmost credit. I think it was incredible with how consistent he was. Brian was how they did slow down again on the play action and the pre-snap motion. That is one thing that does annoy me. I don't know why. Like, Why do you have to slow down, bro? I don't get it. So that's one thing that, you know, I'm suspect with. But, bro, everything else, everything else, bro. It was perfect. So, yeah, it, it's bona fide top two all time for me. So, I'm feeling great with it right now. And do you think this week, you know, obviously, I, I wouldn't go as far to say as, you know, the Bills have a you know, good team, but they're not a better defense than the 49ers. So, do, do you expect to, you know, now you, you have a healthy Joe Burrow back, could you see Joe – running for 40 yards again, 40 yards plus? Or do you think it, it's like, I don't know, like. I, I don't I don't know if he'll need to. Okay. Um, of course he can because, you know, like if the opportunity is available, you know, what I can guarantee is he'll get 20. Like 40 is a bit more, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like that's one to where kind of last week, you see it every week. 
the quarterback to where it's kind of presumed always going down for eight. Oh, fuck, it's 15. Oh, shit, it's 20. You know, maybe. Like, but beyond that, I don't know, bro. I'll tell you this. The third and nine and the third and six QB QB draws, I'm obsessed with them, bro. That It is just the perfect fucking situation for when we ran them last week. Don't know. Like, they don't know when that's happening. Bro, teams, so many people still don't think Joe Burrow is willing to run the ball. Did like, you what see? What the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Like, somebody kill you. Somebody made a comment because it was like, you know, the mic'd up after the game. And uh, George Kittle was like, you know, I didn't know you can move like that. And Joe said, fuck. Joe goes, Joe goes, well, you know, when, you, when you're not injured, you, you can do those things. And then somebody in the comments was like, Damn, George Kittle's a casual. <laughs> oh my god, bro. That's so funny. George Kittle literally a casual. Oh my gosh, bro. George Casual. I mean that that's nasty. It, and it's it's like for me, it's just annoying. Because it's like like why you gotta be so ignorant? You can just watch. And instead of like comment all day on what you think he is, like pay attention, bro. You know, what I mean, it's almost like that dipshit that just doesn't pay attention for too long in class. Because <laughs> the reason I had too long is because I was one of the people that did not pay attention. But after long enough, it's like, bro, come on, <laughs> damn it, like, dude, like this is just stupid. Like at this point, that's how a lot of people are with Joe Burrow's running game. It's that guy doesn't exist, bro. Like some people think this dude is fucking Mac Jones. Bitch, if you ever compare my quarterback to Mac Jones again, I will smack you. <laughs> Mac and cheese fucking sucks. It's like, yes, bro. I I absolutely see Joe having no limitations and whatever arises in the run game. Wouldn't say over 40 is a guarantee, but who the fuck knows? Um Let's let's dive into some some of the breakdowns, bro. Um, what I think could be some of the keys of the game here is the biggest one, far and away. Macro wise, like last week on how Lou defends himself against Brock, we saw how it panned out. Even though the you know our players made phenomenal plays as well. It's Lou and Arumo against Josh Allen. How much can you throw off his timing? How much can you get him uncomfortable? Because here's a big thing. Josh Allen's stats on the road versus at home. I know. Fucking insane, bro. 66 passer rating away. 110 at home. Or 107. Something like that. I'd have to see game on stat again. In the stat, how big those stats are, the interceptions and touchdowns are correlated as well. Horrible picks on the road. Low touchdowns on the road. Low picks at home. High picks or high touchdowns at home. It is hugely different. And, bro, like, it, it's a real thing. You want to try to play against the crowd if you're away. You want to try to shut them up. How do you shut them up? You want to shut them up as fast as possible, right? How do you do something as fast as possible? You try to create a big play. Josh Allen's going to give you those opportunities a few times a game. So, Bills fans also said, well, he's been, he's been a phenomenal with being patient this year. I think that is the best version of Josh Allen, all right? I love the idea. He still has 10 turnovers in seven games. Like, eight games, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, he's turning the football over. Those are lost fumbles, by the way. Two lost fumbles. 
I think he has four total, six, six total fumbles. You know wow. what I'm saying? Like, he has eight picks. He's yeah. like second or leading the league in picks or something. Like, so he's still turning that ball over, man. I think Lou's going to get the best of him. I agree with you, bro. That That's really what it comes down to is confusing the quarterback, and that's what Lou does best. One thing that was hurting me to my quarter this week was how many times Lou Anarumbo was being brought up in conversations to head coach. I was like, jeez. Yeah, I know. It is annoying as fuck. Yeah, but. And Lou said, you know, Pat McAfee, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about it, but. My full focus right now. You said that? Yes. Oh, man. Stop, Lou. Don't even say that, bro. Bro, and then someone commented on my thing, right? They said, um, because, you know, Lou said something about Devontae Adams not trading him to to any of the rivals because he's fine where he's at. Yeah. Somebody commented. They were like, he's saying that because – He's going to be the next head coach of the Raiders. And literally the day after, Josh McDaniels gets fired. I'm like, Ooh, that's nasty. I was like, this man really spoke it into existence. <laughs> ugh, ugh. Well, the best part, man, is that we got now. Um, you know, one last part I will add is that big matchup, Stefan Dix. What do you do for him for 60 minutes? I think. I, they're not going to go press, man. It is different than the snow game because the leverage to get up off the ball was a lot, you know, more constricted with snow on the ground. So it was easier to play corner in a press concept. I get it. I don't know how comfortable I feel doing that in this game. Uh, I think we're going to be able to contain him well enough, though. You know, so make sure that we... We did it last week, and this defense does a great job with we will sell ourselves to stop your star player, Chris McCaffrey. Beyond that hiccup, he had that crazy-ass fucking touchdown where this little fucking dweeb ran to the sideline, you know, whatever, and then he threw in the middle, prayer ball, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah, two touchdowns. He still ran for 55 yards. That's what we needed from McCaffrey. If you can mimic the same type of production against Stefan Diggs again, like in the playoffs, you're going to have a ton of success. Um, I think Dalton Kincaid can be a problem. Just a big-ass dude. 6'5". Um, run game doesn't scare me. I think it's fine, but we got more answers, bro, and I'm excited for it. You ready to get into predictions here soon? Yeah. I mean, to to dive a little deeper before we get that just to talk on what you were just saying on the Stefan Diggs thing I think it's going to be interesting to see where you know guys are I think CTB will be on Stefan Diggs this week you know that's that's going to be a anticipated matchup but at the same time I don't think they're just going to leave CTB out there you know on an island against Stefan yeah um, I think it's going to be fun to to see how they mix DJ Turner in the game, you know, possibly against a guy like Shakir, who has been having a lot of success as of late. Um, I think that that could be an interesting one to really just, you know, eliminate that guy, just straight up eliminate that guy. That way you don't have to 
to worry about that. Um, Cheeto and Gabe Davis. I mean, Gabe's a good receiver, but I, I like that matchup. You talk about matchups and, and having better matchups. I think that's a really good matchup there. Like I said, I like CTV on, uh, on Stefan, you know, had a really good game in that Buffalo game. I mean, CTV had a really good statistical line in the playoffs regardless. I think he allowed like 33 yards in the playoffs. It might have been less. So it's like it, it, it's something something you want to see out of your secondary. Um, I think, you know, I haven't really peeped their offensive line. Um you know, I don't have, I mean, they, it, like, do you have a good offensive line or is it just, like, mid? It, it's been, it's been better this year for him. Um, but the tackles are still not good. Spencer Brown, Deion Dawkins, same guys that we wrecked last year. Uh, the interior is better with Osiris Torrance, Mitch Morse, and, um, uh, I forget the other dude's name, but. Osiris Torrance on DJ Reader? Uh, no, nah, that that'd be more BJ Hill, Mitch Morse. Wow. Uh, maybe. I mean, you know, I guess double teams. Yeah, it would. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a job. I mean, bro, DJ has eleven pressures in the past two games as a three hundred and forty pound nose tackle. And people, like I said, people said he can't he can't rush the quarterback. Apparently, uh, it's. It is fucking asinine, bro. That I, I think he might be I, faster than Sam Hubbard for real. <laughs> okay, that's that's kind of wild. No, it was it was funny. Did you see that play last week? It was uh, Sam Hubbard. You know, he was going after Brock Purdy, trying to get the the tackle, and he just even Goodberry tweeted it. it looked like he was running in quicksand. <laughs> yeah, you know, Sam. Damn. Except, for, I mean, the 98 can't really roast that, but it was like, damn, get Purdy, man. Purdy really got wheels like that? Like, That's funny, bro. You know what? I just thought, like, Sam doesn't really run. He, like, scoots. <laughs> he, like, he like humps it. You know, he's like, oh, oh, oh. You know, he's he's a grunter. I can tell. Like, not that DJ's some fucking track-floating type runner. You know, long strides, whatever DJ barrels, he's a barreler, like, <laughs> like a barrel. Like, you don't want to get in his way, bro. Because he's a bro. Real... It's so funny when you actually watch the Sam Hubbard touchdown because it's like his chest is out the whole time, like, he's just puffing his chest the whole time. He's running he down. like that, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> definitely does have a funny stance. Well, effectively, your diaphragm when you open up your diaphragm like that while you're running, it is so fucking helpful, bro, versus a closed one. Yeah, as that um, that upper arch. Yeah, with his chest, with his diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought about that word. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll be using it anyways." But yeah, bro. I mean, DJ's the barrel, or Sam. He does quicksand. Sam. Maybe that should be what we call him. Quicksand, Sam. <laughs> Nah, I, I don't want to diss on him for that because he's been nah, he's a dog. He's still, Yeah, he's still a dog for sure. Yeah, Quicksand Sam and Barrel or DJ, you know. Maybe, DJ oh, Barrel? DJ Barrel. That sounds like a name. <laughs> DJ Barrel. <laughs> uh, Dude, I thought I heard this funny-ass name a couple days ago. I don't know why it may be escaping me. 
I, anyways, um, what if DJ's name was just like D'Angelo? D'Angelo Reader. Ooh, that's fire. What is his actual name? He's obviously a junior. It's probably Dwayne. Dwayne Reader. What's <laughs> Bob? Oh my God, we forgot to talk about Bob Hill. Oh, it's it's David. 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 Re- David Reader. Junior. I like that. That's cool. Sounds yeah, like. That's fire. But <laughs> Bob Hill, bro, I died when you told Bob Hill. Listen, it was the first thing I thought about was King of the Hill. I was like, there is no way his name is Bob Hill, bro. Hey, bro, dude, we have the best names in football, bro. Like, they are. We have such funny names because they're so fucking simple. Like, we have names of bro. Did you hear Baldy try to say Yoshivas's name? What'd he say? Eosevis. <laughs> Fucking donkeys, bro. Like, <laughs> bro, I pride myself on trying my best to pronunciate names pretty well, and I do a pretty good job. But some people just fuck it suck. Yeah, Baldy's <laughs> one. Like, that's gonna. I get it. It does look weird as fuck. But come on, bro. That's like a crazy butcher. Like, I but, know his name now. I could say it five times in a row. Yosivash. 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 <laughs> Well, well, that's what's so great about the other nickname of Yoshi. Because people are like, Yoshi, like when they spell it, it's not correlative. They're like, well, when you actually know the name, you know. Do you know he's fucking Japanese? I told you. I told you. Well, he was born in Japan. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just told you. Let me see. I did not know that, bro. That was so dope. I was like, what the fuck, bro? That's fire. You know, he's the only Japanese-American? On an to, active roster, yep. He he's literally from Japan. Yeah, that's so dope, bro. That's so cool. I I just can't get over Bob Hill. We literally have Bob Hill, like Bobby. We have little Bobby. Bob, we have Bob Hill. Um. <laughs> well, just think of like when we had Carl. Carl. There is not a worse fucking name on the planet than Carl. Like Carl Lawson. Carl. Like we have Joe Osai. Joe Sai. Joe, we have Joe Nixon, we have Joe Burrow, Tyler, Tyler, Andre's dope, that's cool, Charlie, <laughs> God, bro, Charlie Jones, like, come on, Jamar Fire, T, uh, uh, what, what's his full name, um, uh, T- Tavarius, yeah, I can't, uh, uh, Tavarius, Fire, maybe, like, Tavarius, I'd almost want to call him Tavarius, but like T kind of fits the role of like a he's such like a kind, simple dude. Like T kind of fits him. DJ just as much sounds like David to me. He feels like a David just as much as the actual DJ. Um Cordell's fire. Orlando's fire. Alex. Hey, Alex. Mid. Ted. Oh, bro, and our boy Alex on the stat sheet gave up his first sack of the season against the Niners. Yeah, I know. He he did have a rough time on one of those. Uh... But Thune gave up one, so. Who did? Okay. Joe Thune. Hey, yeah, I mean, look, bro. Yeah, he's like seven foot tall, it looks like. He's he's literally like six seven, six eight. He's a massive dude. Yeah, he got leverage on that one play against Kappa. Kappa's, he's so fucking good, bro. 
It's okay. awesome. He's just so good. But anyway, see the important stuff. I mean, no, nah, that's really it for the cool names. We don't. We really don't have that many cool ones. I mean, I guess I mean, we. I, you kind of left out Drew. Drew Sample. Hey, Mister Sample. Nah, I'm not feeling that. Mitch. Mid. Uh, what's our tight end's name? Oh, Tanner. Yeah, that guy. That's what our fucking tight end room is. Bro, forgot about Irv. Literally forgot about. <laughs> I mean, you called him Orv earlier. I kind of like Orv or Ove. Like, Ove Smith, like, or Orville Orville Smith. Orville Smith. (laughs) Because he gets popcorn. Oops. Pop. Pop Orville. Nah, that's hilarious, bro. That is, uh, that's nasty, dude. I mean, yeah, like, I think it's legend, like, Bob Hart. Bob. What a legend. Bobby. Anybody named Bob, bro? Like you're the man because you're... I feel like I feel like they called him Bobby growing up. Oh yeah, they called him Bobby, but still it's Bob. Like I mean, like Joseph Osai. Like you know, actually Joseph. I think he said a lot before that a lot of people do call him Joe. I was kind of I was like, wow, I didn't really know that. Like so, we could have multiple Joes that are you know key contributors. Uh-huh. You know, not the case for him this year, but now we're talking about crazy names. I got some crazy predictions. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we, we got to go ahead and get to it, bro. Uh, the, obviously, we we're kind of, you know, fucking around with that. Uh, that'll go ahead, probably wrap it up after the predictions. But go ahead, throw them at me, bro. What you got? Final score off the bat. I, I think it's going to be crazy, bro. I think for another week, the Bengals are going to hold a team under 20 points. Um. I think it's gonna be thirty-four seventeen the Bengals. Hey. And I know it sounds crazy, right? Like, damn, thirty-four seventeen. But the Bengals were about to do that on prime time last time against the Bills, in my opinion. I think that it's gonna happen tomorrow. Or tomorrow. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Sunday. It is gonna be fun. I mean, I, I think that the Bills will stay in it for a little bit, but I think the Bengals are just going to continue, like that Niners game. I think they're going to just continue to have fire all game, and I think it's going to repel to them really taking away, and the defense is going to ball out. I think it's going to be something, something that we watched last week. Now, I agree. I think that coming into this game, there is like similar to you know some of the losses that we've had you know against Baltimore, Tennessee teams that got revenge on us. I know the Bills want revenge, but at the same time, man, you know we we have all the answers, and I think that's gonna be the big difference maker. You know they they got Russell Douglas, I get it, you know, and, and they might have something different. Yeah. To- I know, and they might they might have something different to throw at us, but that's why we adjust, right? And I think we're still going to cook. I think that's going to happen, 34-17. I think Joe Burrow, I said it last week, 350 yards passing. He almost had 350 total yards, but I think he does that. I, I do. I think Joe's going to throw for 350 passing yards plus 
I'm, I'm locking it in for back-to-back weeks for this prediction. Oh. And if we're scoring 34, bro, right? Joe's having four touchdowns, bro. Get four it. touchdowns, bro, against the Bills. Um, I think Jamar is going to do the camera celebration. You know, Ocho, Ocho came out. That's going to be legendary, bro. Like, Ocho came out, confirmed it, that he was going to pay for the fine. Um, it, Ocho reposted my little thing on his story. So it, it's pretty pretty locked in. I think, uh, you know, this might be a game where Jamar gets one, T gets one, or Tyler gets one and T gets two, or it might be Jamar gets two, T gets one, and TB. Or I, I got it all mixed up now because I'm talking about everyone. Who knows? Maybe Tanner Hudson gets his first touchdown of yeah. his career. Yeah. No, I – I think those are great predictions, bro. Yeah, I don't have any in-depth stats, but that's just my last thoughts on it. Got it. Well, look, bro. I mean, I think the 34-17 is a great prediction because, like, I texted you on Tuesday. I got the same thing. Like, in, and it's with a lot of the context that you gave as well. I, I don't, I don't know if I can say the Bengals are. Like, our talent and ability is completely correlative to winning by that much? I'm not saying that. But look, bro, I sounded up like this. With elite teams like this, we don't really throw jabs. We throw haymakers, these elite teams in this league. And when you get that extra one, shit can get ugly. Just because, like, these are the big dogs. You know, like, a lot of these teams are equipped. The Bills are equipped in a lot of spots. As we've mentioned all all episode, though, not as many as we are. So I think that we are going to pull away. And overall, <laughs> Joe, this heater does not stop. It's not stopping. Prime time, prime time Joe is a no-no for these ops, bro. Like, for the ops, prime time Joe is a place you don't go. You don't fuck with. You know, like... So I think Joe's absolutely going to show up, bro. So I have 34-17. My stat predictions. I So fucking bad. We need the five touchdown pass touchdown game, bro. We need it. I need it like oxygen, bro. But I, I don't see it coming this week. I will go with Joe at... Three, three, twenty-one passing yards. Three, two, one passing yards. Three passing touchdowns. No picks. Jamar, or I'll go Joe Mixon. I'll say Joe Mixon will carry sixteen times for six yards and a touchdown. He'll get in the end zone again. So 16-60. Cuddy um, receiving. I could see Mixon getting like 4 for 24. So maybe 85 total for him. Jamar. Under 100? 
Nah, I I don't see it, bro. These corners are not equipped. The secondary is not equipped. Wait, what did you say you got for Jamar? Did you say it? No, no, I I didn't say it yet. No, I was <laughs> total for Joe Mixon. Jamar, bro, like I'll say um he can get ten receptions. I'll say ten receptions. No, I'll go nine. I'll go nine. Be a bit more logical. Nine receptions. Hundred and thirty-seven yards. And it's for Jamar. So nine, one thirty-seven and one. T <clears throat> I think this is the pop off game. I think T I'm feeling an explosive big play from T. So I will go with six receptions for one oh nine and a touchdown for T. So the first time this year we have two receivers go for hundred yards in a game. Sheesh. Yep. So T six, one oh nine and one. Uh, TB, I'll have him going four for 39. So four for 39. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll add the special one. T Huddy. What does that look like? Irv, none. I don't think Irv, I don't think he's going to play. So Tanner, I could see like two for 17. Do your fucking job. Show that you can do something that Irv wasn't. So, yeah, bro. I mean, I'll go even a step farther. One last thing. Completion percentage. Joe will throw over seven. What'd you say? Go, go 75% or higher completion. Not saying no 88 like this past game. We're gonna see an incredible Joe, bro. Like I think it's gonna be seventy-eight, bro. I think that's a great number. Like it that that's happened plenty of times. Seventy-eight. So yeah, I, I love that number. Uh, so yeah, dude, that's my predictions. I think Joe is absolutely gonna show up again. I think all of us are pretty confident with this game. Look, it can go either way because this is a good Bills team, but we're better than this team, and we're fucking back. We're one hundred percent back. But state in my mind and what you said to start the last podcast, they are back. All of them are back. This entire team is back. We have no lagging parts right now. Doesn't mean we will never lag again. Doesn't mean we'll never lose a game again. But fuck, man. Last year when we were on this heater, what the fuck did it take us out? What what did we do to take ourselves out last year? Like, you all remember how that ended. And, and this is not excuses, but this is just the reality. We were down men. Too many to bear. This year, like, when we're healthy, bro, who the fuck is stopping us? Right? It's crazy how rationally I ask that, too. Like, and I think all y'all are catching it. Like, we're not saying this out of just fandom, bro. Like, we are in a golden era of this team right now. This is an elite team. As we were talking about with trades, to pull that in here, too. From 1 to 53 on this roster, we are sturdy. We are good. Not perfect. Damn. Like, above the rest. So, yeah, man. I think it's going to show on Sunday night. I think we're going to be feeling really good. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back with the pot on Monday night. 
as me and Drake will be busy at the game. We're going to have a hype-ass time there. We're going to look to get some content. Drake will definitely dive in deep, you know, what that looks like time-wise. We'll try to figure some shit out. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this, man. Any closing thoughts you got? Yeah, I got some closing thoughts here just to close it out. Like I came on the pod with money green, grass green, P going to get that green. <laughs> Playoff P, it's that time of year, bro. It's the identity that every single player in this locker room has adopted. What they put themselves in early in the season, this is playoff football. And we've seen what they played in literal playoff games. Oh. It's legendary. That's what we expect them to put out on the field on Sunday night. So that'll do it. Appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Like I said, we'll be back Monday night. We'll be cooking up. And until then, um, appreciate you, bro. And you all have a good night. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace out, man.